0: For all new patients, Green Mountain Dental Group offers free teeth whitening trays when you schedule a cleaning, x-ray, and exam. Just mention BSN Denver.
2: Hey everybody, welcome to the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about this really awesome deal for BSN listeners. If you didn't know, by now, and I know you do. Total Beverage is delivering beer, wine, and liquor to anywhere in the North Metro area from Wheat Ridge to Erie. For a limited time, TotalBev is offering $10 off a $50 purchase on their website and app. Use promo code BSN10 to save $10 off a $50 purchase for all your parties and have it delivered straight to your door. Let's jump into the show. I am your host today, AJ Haefeli. Alongside me today is Nathan Rudolph coming back to help me out. Rudo. it's been, what, like two days?
1: Yeah, it hasn't been too long.
2: How, uh, how have you been holding up?
1: I've been well. Been well. With the, the combine, I, I guess not officially underway, but teams are talking to the guys now. So that's exciting, mm-hmm. but but we're going a different direction today.
2: Yeah, we, uh, we've we been talking all this draft all week long, and I just, you know, we we mentioned it the other day. We were going to talk some UFA today. That's what we're going to do, mostly because the NHL combine, it's not like the NFL combine. It's not this crazy huge event that is ultra, 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 ultra important the most important things to come out of uh, the NHL combine are pretty much things we aren't privy to at all. It's player interviews. Yep. So, you know, doesn't do us a whole lot of good. It is nice to get official measurements for guys though. So, you know, we can stop arguing over, you know, hockey DB has this guy at five eleven and, <laughs> Elite Prospects has him at 5'10, nhl.com has him at this and wikipedia has him at that and it's like ah, okay, whatever. So yeah. that's the for me that's always the most useful thing to come out of the combine. For sure. Uh, a height and weight that I can reference and say this is what this guy was at the combine, stop arguing. <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's, it's always interesting to see official numbers on the guys where they have like a three or four inch height difference depending on where you look. But yeah,
2: yeah, and I I will always remember the Miro Heiskenen, uh combine fiasco where they measured him with shoes on, and so his it's, it was all over Twitter that he was you know oh Heiskanen is six foot one, but and it was like really. he what. <laughs> Like, are you serious? This dude's going in the top two because we thought he was five foot ten, and of course he's like he's like five eleven and some right. change. Yeah, and yeah, that was that was always like the the great hysteria that day of the the twenty minutes we thought Miro Haskin in was six foot one <laughs> before it was like, oh, they're redoing the group because they measured all these dudes with shoes on. <laughs> so anyway. We are going to stop talking about player measurements, we're going to start talking about player contracts, which ones, specifically which ones do not have them uh, for next season, and we'll be hitting our set to hit the uh, unrestricted free agent market this summer. I feel like this goes without saying, but we're going to say it anyway. I'm going to skip over Joe Pavelski, I'm going to skip over Jeff Skinner, and I'm going to skip over Justin Williams and Joe Thornton all under the assumption that those cats are staying where they are right now or retiring.
1: Yeah. Two of them are, are too old for me to have much interest. Anyway, Pavelski's probably a career shark, right? And then it, it yeah. sounds like Skinner's deal is just about done at this point. So
2: correct. So it's very much, you know, why, why get into the, these, these situations. If uh, these are, these are the kinds of conversations we're having. And just for me, no point. So let's start at the very top. Uh, also, let's eliminate Matt Duchesne for obvious reasons. <laughs>
1: yeah. Is that is that fair? It It is fair. Unfortunately, a player like Duchesne is kind of what we need, <laughs> but that's not happening. It's just not.
2: I want to throw a curveball at you to start this. All right. Because I find that I get honest responses when I don't have everything planned out to a T. Marcus Johansson from Boston this year acquired uh, from New Jersey at the trade deadline has had a phenomenal postseason, and at 28 years old in a very interesting career up to this point, he's a guy that has played all the forward spots and you know, we've seen him be very productive in his career. You know, he was, he was a 40 point guy. uh many, many times in Washington. Yep. And then he had that big, big, big 58-point career year before uh, New Jersey traded for him. And then he basically spent two seasons hurt yeah. with the Devils uh, and never really got on track. And they moved him at the deadline. And he has been a key, key, key component of Boston's run to the Stanley Cup Finals. I want to start with him because I think he is one of the most interesting players in of all the guys in this market Uh, with the forward versatility that he has with his experience playing both bottom six and top six, and with his long history of production, is this an, how intriguing of a fit is this for Colorado going into UFA?
1: I think it's kind of a tough one because someone like that is very much so the type of player that the abs could use, but in theory, the M should be looking to sign a UFA longer term this offseason. Mm-hmm. And with someone like Johan Hansen, who is uh, injury prone a bit, it gets a little bit dicier signing someone if it's to like a six, seven year contract. That'll take him till he's 33 or 34. Mm-hmm. And if those injuries are already starting to stack up, you wonder how quickly those start to catch up to a guy. So that would be my biggest concern with him if they've done their research and they're sure that the injuries aren't going to just totally tank him out, then I would definitely have him in consideration. Well, you,
2: I mean, we do talk about the injuries uh, and to, to be fair though, the four seasons uh, before, you know, his last four years in Washington, he missed a grand total of 10 games across four years. Yeah. He so, was
1: very healthy before that for sure. Right.
2: So it's not like it's an entire career of injuries. That we're talking about. You know, this isn't a guy that's made an entire living off being hurt every year. It's only been the last two years with New Jersey. He played 29 games uh, his first year in New Jersey and then uh, 48 games this year before getting traded to Boston. So it's really, it's really just, he missed last year and then the start of this season. But other than that, he's been pretty healthy uh, throughout most of his career. He's been healthy in this playoff run and very effective.
1: He has. And, and the playoff run, his ability there is something that steps him up against some other people I'm sure we're going to talk about later. Mm-hmm. But it you just can't go backwards with injuries, right? Like once they happen, yeah. they've happened. And will he be the same guy as he was before? And it, this playoff run does indicate point. that, yes, it looks like he can be. But again, the question is, can he still be that guy in 2023?
2: And would you say you know you're they're looking to sign a guy long term, right? Okay, so yeah. we'll we'll get into Kevin Hayes here in a bit. Yeah. Um. But is it not sort of maybe a smaller advantage that you could maybe do a two to three year deal on a, with a guy like Johansson because of the uh, last two years? It's. I mean, it, it gives you the flexibility. It is does. what I'm saying. Like it's it's not you're not making this like. You know, when you when you talk about a a five to seven year deal, you know, that's half a decade to, you know, to, to, you know, the better part of a decade that you're committing to a guy and him being effective for a long
1: period of time. It It is a big commitment, and I would even be fine with a two or three year deal, especially if it's someone like Johansson, then I think I would be really, really interested in him a lot more. But at the same time, when you do that, it it feels like you're kicking the can down the road a little bit because, you know, if everything goes right, two to three years, the AB should be smack dab in the middle of their cup run window.
2: Mm -hmm, For sure.
1: And that's just something else that you're going to have to deal with then and replace at that point and – even if that's re-signing him, that's still a contract negotiation that you're going to have to manage. So and
2: likely a raise because right. that's that's what you plan for when you have guys is you plan for their money to go up. Yeah, if you're planning for them for the money to go down, then you're expecting them to get worse. And then why are you signing them? Exactly. So um, I think that's I think that's interesting. But it, I do like the idea of not locking in that money. You know, over over the course of a long period of time. You know, we we talk about the Calvert and Cole deals last year. I think those are the sweet spot in UFA, where it might be a year too long, given the roles that they're each going to have by, especially by the end of their Colorado ten years. But yeah. three years is also something you can work with. You can plan around, you know, and you're not so committed. You're not so. Oh, I'm that guy again. You're not. You're not so committed to. Um. Oh, the lady friend's gonna be mad. Well, the lady friend is the one doing it, so <laughs> she only has herself to blame. <laughs> um, the you know two or three years, like you, especially three years, you're you're committed and you can get comfortable and you can kind of build around that guy for a year or two. But if it also doesn't go well, you know, look at look at where Calgary is with James Neal, and obviously, like those are like the worst case scenarios yeah. that you're talking about. And it's funny because. You talk about oh, UFAs don't work, and UFA is is it's a pitfall for teams, but UFA helps teams get better every single season. It helped the Avs just this last season get better, and I think I think I like those kinds of middle of the road deals a lot more than the big splashy deals. You know, a Marcus Johansson at three years, and what's he making now?
1: Four, four or something I think, four, yeah.
2: just a little over four and a half. So. Three years, and, and it would be tough to, to give him much of a raise given what he's coming off of. But say three years at $5 million per. And this is going to be a Swiss Army knife for you uh, that can play in anywhere in your top nine at any of the forward positions. I think there's a lot of value in a guy like that. I'm not necessarily in love with the idea of going after him, but I do think that
1: he he checks a lot of boxes that the abs like yeah i i agree with you i think a three-year type deal makes a lot more sense for the the middle six and down type players yeah but if you're going after a guy who's truly going to be in your top six every night and that's what i think the Av should be doing you probably are looking at a more long-term thing okay
2: let's get into some of these other guys here on this list when looking at the and we're gonna stick just to the forwards for this segment, we'll probably do two forward segments just yeah, because there's, a there's a so <laughs> there's so many of them, and that's the area we expect Colorado to be aggressive all yeah. summer long. Um are there any are there any guys here that that look like very obvious landmines to you? Like this guy is he had he had a out of whack career year and totally blew up in a situation that they're not gonna be able to repeat.
1: Um, Brett Connolly, potentially. Mm -hmm. He's been, he's been a 25-ish point guy throughout most of his career up until this year and had 46 points with the Capitals. And he's just like, if you're going for Connolly, why wouldn't you go for Furland instead? They're kind of the same player with, Furland has a bit more of a resume, so you can get a mean Right, that as well. So if you kind of end up missing on someone like Ferland, I, I wouldn't be super interested in someone like Connolly because I don't think you're going to see that same performance out of him.
2: Well, and he's an interesting guy because this was a guy that was drafted sixth overall. Yeah. You know, obviously this is back in 2010. And, you know, where a guy gets drafted is not usually very relevant very long in his career. But when a guy that was of high pedigree hangs around and has a big breakout year, you know you do wonder. You know, is this is this guy going to be the Pa Parento type, where it just took him a while to figure it out, and now moving forward he's going to be a much more productive NHLer? Are you going to be paying for you know forty six point seasons out of him? Are you going to be paying for a guy that can give you twenty goals a year? Or are you gonna be paying for a forty six point season and you go he goes right back to giving you twenty five
1: right it it's and because of his lack of resume, it's maybe someone you can get for a bit cheaper, but mm-hmm. for me, it's just not a risk the abs need to take right now
2: i also I agree with you the other guy on that list that I think uh is Ryan dezingle, yeah. And you know, Z- Zingle is a, a personal favorite of mine. I've been a big fan of his for a long time. I've really enjoyed watching him uh, develop over the years. But this is like a thirty-point guy uh, that all of a sudden on a on a good team and found his way into the top six of bad teams, and yeah. found his and like found his way into a good top six. You know, he's playing next to Matt Shane and Mark Stone. And all of a sudden, he has he blows up with this big time career year, and then gets traded to Columbus. And he was still productive in Columbus. You know, twelve points in twenty one games. Nothing to, nothing to, to to turn your nose up at. You know, that's a good solid uh, uh, season pace that is very much in line with his career. But then he got a healthy. He was healthy scratch in the postseason. Uh, which might have taken for
1: most of it.
2: You right, and might have taken some of the shine off of him going back to Columbus. Uh, you know, he was an Ohio State guy, so you thought when he got traded there, hey, this makes a lot of sense for him to stay there. They have not come to any kind of terms on a on a deal yet and you have to wonder after the healthy scratch, maybe this is just isn't meant to be. Another guy, all three forward positions and of of the two between Dezingle and Johansson, uh, the uh, as, a, as an elite skater certainly fits Colorado's profile a hell of a lot better, uh, and has not had the same level of injury issues the last couple of years, he's just gotten better and better and better with more opportunity being given to him. Where would he fit in really?
1: I, you know, I'd be a bit more comfortable with the single certainly than, than someone like Connolly. um. Ideally, you slot him in as a second line wing and, Mm -hmm. you know, you don't need him to be incredible. You need him to be a player that can play alongside someone else. And that's just kind of what you have to keep in mind if you're going to get him. Understand that he's not going to be able to carry that second line for you. You're going to have to put a rant in on that line or something to Mm -hmm. help that line go. And then he'll be able to produce as a 40 to 50 point player for you.
2: I mean, assuming uh, – let's assume that they that they don't sign a second-line center in free agency, so we won't say – we won't drop the Kevin Hayes in here right now. <laughs> we'll say Dezingle is, like, one of the guys that they sign in the offseason. Uh, we'll say he's, like, the main UFA guy that they go out and get. Um, Is that, an, is that enough to push them forward? Or is that, like – because he is a guy that has a, a career, again, 30-point seasons, uh, he's had 40 – he had – 40 points last year and then 56 points this past season that just concluded uh, or isn't, I guess the process of concluding, but has been a 30 point guy. He's, he's a dude that looks like a good, solid, consistent NHLer. he feels like a big
1: Colin Wilson upgrade,
2: yeah. but still very Colin Wilson ish.
1: Exactly. I think you're perfectly spot on there. Does he make the abs better? Yes. Do you look at him and go, this piece makes us a cup contender now? No, not really.
2: I feel like it's in in the world of uh, MMOs. I feel like you're min-maxing your roster. Yeah, right. You know, like, oh, hey, I'll take this marginal upgrade uh, you know that I already have an epic in, <laughs> it, right? Like your eye level goes up by one instead of like three or four. Yeah, you know? like, right. Exactly. You'll, you'll take it. You'll get better, but it's not. It's not. It's not game changing. You need three or four more of those for that to be, you know, really, really impactful. Or are you are just looking for the one big gear drop? Yeah. Exactly.
1: <sighs>
2: Shout out to my new life as a WoW nerd.
1: Ooh, I gave that life up a long time ago now uh buddy don't Uh. (laughs) i know the feel are
2: there any other guys because these are the kind of guys that i want to i that i think are like true pitfalls here are there any other guys on this list uh, you know matt zuccarello gustav nyquist that you're really like that really make you feel like yes this guy can help but there's a a decent chance that this blows up in your face
1: uh Zuccarello, I don't think is a great fit for the abs personally, and he's a bit older than a lot of these other guys. So I wouldn't be super comfortable with him, but I think he'd be fine. Again, someone on a two to three year type deal. I mean, 11 points in 13 playoff games for Dallas. Yeah, I know he, he and when when
2: you talk about pedigree, this guy's got it where a lot of these other cats don't, you know, 50, he had a 50 point year just last year. Uh, he would have had another fifty point year this year had he not gotten hurt ten seconds after getting traded at the deadline. Um, and then comes back and immediately puts up eleven points and thirteen in thirteen playoff games for the Stars. That's a guy that I really I wonder about. He's I'm not I'm not in love with the idea of it because you're right. He's thirty one. He'll be thirty two at the start of the season, and he's five foot eight. And you wonder, you know, if he loses half a step. As soon as it's gone, how much of an impact does that play on his effectiveness as an NHL player?
1: Not only that, but when you're trying to work in players that aren't quite so big, like a Kerfoot or a Jost, into that second line at times Mm too, it becomes kind of a juggling act with someone like Zuccarello as well. You got to move him up to the first line. Someone's got to get pushed down to the third line. It's not the perfect fit for me.
2: You could easily, I think you could work around that. Uh, like, Oh, Zuccarello with McKinnon and Rantanen and you're fine. Sure. And then, you know, Landis with, you know, Jost or whoever, whoever ends up being your 2C, whatever else they end up doing, you know, but, but that I I agree with you because if that does not work, if for whatever reason, McKinnon and Rantanen don't work out, then you've got to find another place for him. Uh, and you know, Hey, maybe he ends up next to Soderbergh. That's great for a year. Right. (laughs) You know, that's, what do you
1: do after that?
2: Right. And, you know, and, and then, hey, what if, what if that doesn't work? Then you're really scrambling here. Like, I feel like Zuccarello is a guy that I, I wouldn't mind because I do think he'd, he'd come in on a shorter term deal. I think that's like a three or four year deal. Um, And, yeah. and for a guy that's going to start the year 32, not something you're totally in love with. Right. But. Is also, would also be, um you know, and this is getting into it a little bit, but this would, he would be great Seattle bait. He would. Um, especially, especially if there's like one year left on his deal at the, or two years left on his deal at the time of the expansion draft, like that would make a lot of sense for them. But anyway, not, not going to get too far yeah. into that because that's, that's always a rabbit hole. Yeah. Um But he is also another guy that, that is set to hit the market that I think could make some sense. Uh, but is is a guy that I, of all the ones that we've talked about, he would be the one where it's like he and Connolly are the ones where I would say you have to be very, very careful with uh, what that contract looks like. to yeah, I agree. To keep it from really turning into a problem for you. Yep. All right, let's go ahead and take our first break here. Um, on the other side, we'll get into Kevin Hayes. We'll get into Artemi Panarin. We'll get into all of the bigger names and how they might fit and what an enormous impact they could have just by bringing one of them in, not two or three of these guys, but just the, the cascade effect of one of the bigger names uh, coming to Denver in free agency this summer. Before we do that, I'm not going to get in any coffee right now. Instead, I'm going to tell you guys all about a great place called the Green Solution, and it's 17 Colorado locations that has an express checkout to get you in and out as fast as possible. Get on your phone right now, right now while I'm talking. Go to the website mygreensolution.com, order your flower concentrates, edibles, and topicals online, and head to the closest Green Solution for pickup. Use promo code BSN20 for 20% off your entire purchase. That is the green solution, saving you green. So clever, right? (laughs) High five. All right, let's get out of here for this segment. We will be back on the other side to uh, keep going into free agency. This is the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. Don't go anywhere. Welcome back in. Segment number two here, the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Bev. I'm AJ. He is Nathan Rudolph. We are hanging out here talking free agency. The thing that everybody loves to hate, but also obsesses over every single year. (laughs) Last segment, we got into some of the guys around the fringes who had good seasons that could help you. Now I want to get into, and we're going to go from the bottom up here, some guys that we've talked about that could, uh, could make a difference, but... Uh, might be a little harder to bring in.
1: Just a touch.
2: <laughs> yeah, let's, again, from the bottom up here, I I want to talk about Michael Furlan and Jonas Donskoy. Okay. The, they're both players that I really, really, really like. Uh, they're both guys that I think have good upside uh, and are guys that could really help the team, uh, help the Avalanche move forward in a positive direction and have kind of been minimized on their current teams.
1: I don't know that they're game changers. Yeah, I would agree with that, especially with Don Skoy. Yes, he's been minimized, but has he really shown anything that he can do that much more? If the abs give him an opportunity, maybe can he get to 20 goals in a season? Maybe I'm not super sure. So I, I don't know how comfortable I'd be with the, with someone like Donskoy, to be honest. But if you're looking for an option that you could likely get at a cheaper price, then you'd be looking at someone like him.
2: Yeah, he's he's very uh, backup plan
1: Yeah, I would say third or fourth backup, at least.
2: <laughs> yeah, and Furland, I think, is probably in that same category. But Furland brings that nastiness to you. Yeah, uh, to to your club that I think would be really helpful for the Avalanche to they don't need they don't need like a huge personality overhaul, but another guy with some real edge, especially at the forward position could really help them. Because I think between Cole and Zdorov, uh they've got they've got enough uh, problem children in the back end. Sure. Uh, and with Landis Gog and Calvert up front, they kind of just need one more running mate. To, right to, to lay the wood a little bit. And then, you know, obviously if AJ Greer joins that party next season and they get a guy like Furland, then, then I really love the variety of skills that they have throughout that forward lineup. But that's really what Furland will bring is he brings a real physical presence and the ability to stand in front of the net and score 20 goals a year.
1: Yeah. And like we said, you know, with a Kerfoot and the Joe's floating around the lineup, getting someone like that can definitely help complement them. Uh, in the both the physicality and someone to stand in front of the net for him, so it, it yeah. makes sense from that standpoint. And he is a player that does have a couple of forty point seasons here, so he's a bit more pedigree than than a Don Skoy.
2: Um, yeah, well, and the twenty goals is really for me like, uh, getting twenty goals, and and he would have I think he would have gotten there this year had he stayed healthy at the end of the season. Uh, he was battling injuries going into the playoffs and didn't get to play very much in Carolina's run. Um, yeah. That's a. I think he's a guy, Ferland is a guy that really would... He's, again, like, this is a, another role player. This is like another complimentary guy. Yes. Not a core guy. Um, where I think they could get the core guy and get a similar profile to Ferland is with my guy, Anders Lee. Oh, yeah. I I love Lee. <laughs> And that, that is, I think, where we really, you know, I, I will tell you right off the bat right now, I don't think Lee leaves the uh, Islanders. I don't think so either, unfortunately. But if he did, I would be howling him. <laughs> I will, like, I I knew the Isles had been talking with Brock Nelson and they were prioritizing getting Nelson done and that that's finished. Uh, until Lee gets done, I'm still going to be hopeful here, but I will always put the caveat out there, but. I don't think he leaves, but if he gets to market, he's a guy that I think helps them in a big, big way. Uh, he played next to John Tavares for a couple of years and, you know, had a 34 goal year and a 40 goal year. Uh, last year he had a 28 goal season dropped a little bit without, without JT around and is more of like a 50, 60 to point guy because he'll score 30 goals for you, but he'll only have 25 assists. Yeah. Um, for me that ratio doesn't bother me as long as Not the goals remain repeatable. Yeah. Uh if if it was like a Grabner type where the goals kind of come and go in big waves, that would worry me a lot more. But this is a guy that has uh 420 goal seasons under his belt. I believe for 4 of them. Yeah. And uh you know, he had the one he had the like one in 15-16, he had the one rough year where it just didn't happen for him and it And it shows as like the big anomaly in his career. Uh, That's a guy that would slot in right away and would play kind of a a jumbo Landeskog role. Yep. Uh, He doesn't have the same kind of playmaking ability as Landeskog, but he's got a much better finishing touch and is a guy that I think size, personality, everything that he brings to the table, uh, is a great fit in Colorado. It's exactly what they would need to kind of round out a forward core.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. The abs desperately need someone like that that can clean up the rebound garbage, too. They have Landy, like you said, who's who's very good at tipping pucks in, but when it comes right. to pucks coming off the goalie, Lee just has a knack for finding that puck and ripping it top shelf.
2: I mean, the classic nose-for-the-neck kind of guy.
1: Yeah. JVR um, type, things like that.
2: Right. Very, as, as Dario would call them pigeons.
1: Yeah, exactly. And, and, you know, I, if you put him next to the top line guys, I think he gets 30 goals easy on the second line. I still think he can get there, especially with some of the passing talent we have with in a Kerfoot and things like that. So yeah, he, he I... like a great fit and the Avs do need guys that put the puck in the back of the net. So.
2: Well, and and if you wanted to roll out a Landeskog, McKinnon, Kerfoot top line, and an Anders Lee, Tyson, Jost, Miko, Rantanen second line, right? Like that's and and that's again like that's an opportunity that you're giving Jost, where you're saying, okay, we've given you as much help as we could possibly give you. Yeah. <laughs> if you don't take a step forward with this group, then you never you're will. and We gonna, won't ask yeah. you to do this. Yep. Uh, but if he does and he turns into a sixty-point guy, then. And it's like if the argument is, oh, well, he can only do it next to those guys. So what? Those guys are stars right? Yeah. Like they're not going anywhere. It's the same thing. Like, oh, McKinnon ranting and can't succeed without McKinnon. Well, he doesn't necessarily have to. Both of those guys are going to be around for a long time. <laughs> exactly. Um, so that that would be an interesting uh, approach. Uh, Lee could also play a little bit of center. I've never liked him there. I don't think that he drives play as well. I think he loses a little bit of his snarl when he's there and he gets a little bit too cute at times. Um, I much prefer him, especially in, uh, in Colorado. I would much prefer him on the wall uh, beast mode and fools left and right yeah, uh, and throwing the weight around and just adding that extra element, that extra dynamic element, that physicality, that hard to play against, uh, you know, to 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 couple with the speed, now you have another heavy body that's just laying the wood left and right, uh, and then obviously a, a, is a very legitimate threat to score a bunch of goals on you.
1: Yeah, I I agree. I, I like him much better at wing as well. And if you get someone like this, all of a sudden the abs just start to look pretty big on the wing with Landeskog, ranton mm-hmm. and, and then Lee. That's three big dudes that you have to go up against in their top six. And, and, well, and then you, get to your,
2: you get to the bottom six and you're like, well, there's Calvert and then there's Comfort <laughs> right. and, then, and then there's Matt Nieto. And you're like, all right, well, you know, these guys, that, that size dropped off in a hurry. <laughs> it does, but, but the speed picks up and that's, that's the variety of skills, you know? Yeah. And then you have a big guy like Soderbergh down the middle. And then you have a less big guy in Tyson Jost, you know, like, that's where the, the, the variety comes yeah. in, where you have a lot of complementary abilities and sizes and skill sets that are all starting to mesh, making them a disaster to play against. Because it's not like, oh, well, this team can just shut them down by doing whatever, you know, whatever this does. Yeah. You know, you throw Colorado speed in there and then you add an Anders Lee going in on the four check in that series against San Jose. And how much of a difference do you think that Andrews Lee would make in that series? Cause I think it'd be pretty significant,
1: right? It, it helps them. You know, they don't have five of the same dude in their middle six anymore. Right. And, and that versatility opens things up a lot for them. And then obviously with the San Jose, a guy with Lee's size and the ab speed can help break that absolute slog of a defense that they had to go through. So
2: yeah, definitely. Oh my God. <laughs> What what was it? What did they keep keep calling it? The the teal the picket, picket fence. fence. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. Let's uh, speaking of the quote unquote teal picket fence. Let's let's talk about poaching one of those guys in Gustav Nyquist, who was acquired from Detroit at the deadline. Uh, really quite productive for them. Has yeah. been very good for them in the postseason with eleven points in twenty games. Uh, 11 points in 19 games during the regular season, a career high 60 points this year, um, really was, you know, and this is a guy with a long track record Yeah, of uh, 40, you know, he had a 54 point year was his previous career high, but 40 point years consecutive, you know, four in a row coming into the season.
1: Yeah, he Three, was- Yeah. You're, you know, you're starting to move into the category of, instead of you're like, oh, this is probably a 40, 45 point guy. This is more realistically a 50 point player for you.
2: Yeah. You're, and, you're, if you're signing him, you're asking him to be a 55 point guy for you.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, he's, he's maybe the first guy other than Lee that I'd be really comfortable just dropping into the abs top six and saying, go. And it, you know, I I do have a couple of reservations where you've seen his goal scoring dip in a couple of years. Mm-hmm. Cause what you're really hoping out of him is to get a, a 20 goal guy. Like I said, the abs need goal scoring more than they need passy McGee number seven. So, <laughs> right. so you, you do want him to be, sh- you do want to be sure that he's putting up the goals for you, but I don't think he'll have any problem doing that next to what we have. So I'd be I'd be comfortable there. I think he's probably a little bit more locked into his role as a second liner, working down to a middle sixer than say a an Anders Lee is. But then again, you can put anyone next to Mac and see him rise up as well. So
2: I sneaky concern he's he'll be thirty by the start of the season. He is a
1: bit older. Uh, I. I'm less concerned with his age a little bit because he's not Zuccarello size, but he's not big either. Right. Like he's not five, eight, but he's also not six feet tall. Um, and
2: you know, his career though, he's not had uh, extensive injury issues. He's a guy that has played.
1: That's true. Even, um, hardly any really.
2: Right. He missed six games in 2016, 17. Otherwise he's got a string of 82 game seasons uh, that did not involve him getting traded. Cause that's where, you know, you're kind of at the mercy of that team's schedule.
1: So of course
2: he had, he had 81 games played this year, but he may not, you know, that he may not have had anything he to missed do with it that. Through the so. trade or whatever. Yeah. Right. So he's been a guy, no injury issues really. Um, I do wonder how he ages. And I do wonder if he goes from a 20 goal guy to a 15 goal guy, what his contract looks like, you know, James Neal got a five-year deal last year as a, as a guy who had put up 10 straight 20 goal seasons. Uh, So in terms of cost, you would think that he doesn't have that track record. He would not cost that kind of money. Um, It would be less than the Neil deal, but not by much.
1: Yeah. uh, If at all. I mean, (laughs) Neil made what five, five or something. So, yeah, something like that. Like, I. Yeah, I think you're probably looking about the same thing, honestly. I don't know that you could justify
2: five years for Nyquist, and if that's what he wanted, maybe you walk yeah, away from that'd that be, one. He'd
1: be 35. That'd be a bit right. tough. Yeah. And without without the
2: track record, you know, James Neal, ten straight 20 goal seasons, you can say are you know five seven five for Neal. So,
1: okay, yeah, I only... think that's pretty fair for Nyquist when you throw on free agency tax. Yeah, only f- only four years left of that. Did Nyquist could be another one that is good for uh, a Seattle target. I think too, though. Oh yeah,
2: he would definitely. He'd be great Seattle bait. Uh, as because uh, at that point he'd be thirty two years old. Uh, especially if it was a three or four year deal where he only has one or two years yeah. left, where they're not they're not like taking on long term money, but they're yep. taking on money that, that helps them get. To the guy. I mean, he could be their James Neal, you know, when Vegas, because Vegas took James Neal. So, you know, he could he could be that guy for them.
1: Yeah, the the thing with Nyquist is he doesn't play center. Um. And that's makes it hard because if you're getting a not center, there are better options on the table, I think. So
2: Yeah, this would be another one where you probably are prioritizing elsewhere first. Yeah. Uh, and I also would think that if San Jose is losing out on Carlson and they're losing out, you know, if Donskoy does leave, uh, they're not going to let all these guys walk, Right. Somebody's you know? got to stay. <laughs> right, because on this list alone, there's Pavelski and Nyquist, Donskoy, and Joe Thornton. And it's like, somebody is going
1: to hang around. At least around. two of those are probably coming back.
2: <laughs> yeah. So... Um, He's an interesting name. I guess I'll leave this up to you. Hayes or Panarin here? Which one do we want to get into next and leave for the last? Because for me, I feel like Artemi Panarin, it's such an obvious, like he's an elite player. He's one of the best wings in the NHL. You put him next to McKinnon, and you have an unbelievable trio between uh, Panarin, McKinnon, and Rantanen, where your, your top line arguably gets better, or he ends up, you know, becoming the guy that carries a second line, you know, plays next to Tyson Jost or whatever. Um, I feel like with Panarin, it's just so obvious that he's an elite player. He would make anybody better, regardless yeah, I, of cost.
1: Right. You know, if he's asking for anything less than like a max contract and he wants to be here, just do it.
2: Right. And and I mean, as a, I mean, he's also just 27. Uh, he'll turn 28 during the season. But in terms of these UFAs that we're talking about... He's among the youngest out there. Right. It's
1: it, If he wants to be in Colorado, it's a no-brainer to me to pay him whatever he wants and set it up, lock it down. Congratulations, you're a cup contender now. Is
2: there a line that you would draw?
1: Uh, <laughs> with money Panarin? Wise? I, yeah, well, money-wise. Uh, I'd like to get him for less than McDavid, but okay. even even that, I think I'd probably do it. I I think thirteen is my line. Yeah. McDavid I think is twelve five, right? So Yes, he is. So that's more or less right in there. Even if it's that high, I'd do it. And then would you do all seven years? Absolutely.
0: Okay.
2: So we we agree Artemi Panarin is special, uh, the kind of guy that you hope hits free agency, and uh when he does you go balls for the wall to make sure that you can at least sit down with him.
1: Yeah, if he wants to be in Colorado, you do whatever it takes to get him here. All right, so let's talk about Kevin Hayes. Yep. This the, is... I, I don't want to call him the
2: elephant in the room because he does kind of have big ears, and I don't want <laughs> him to think I don't want him to think I'm calling him out in that way. Um, but Kevin Hayes.
1: Yeah, he's he's the top six realistic target, right? When when Panarin inevitably doesn't come. Yeah um and
2: 55 point year career high are you are you as bothered by the fact that he did not have his career high until a contract year as some other
1: people are no Uh, he had a 49 point year a couple years ago and that's i mean that's basically a 50 point year and he consistently puts up 45 uh so i that it doesn't bother me too much about the whole contract year and he spent the second half or whatever the last quarter of the season with the jets too Mm -hmm. so he got it's
2: funny because jets fans are like oh he wasn't very good for us uh you know it really it took him a while to get going and we didn't really like him that much uh
1: 13 points in 20 games yeah that's pretty good
2: uh 53 point pace across an nhl season a full 82 game season
1: right if he can do that here i'll take that all day
2: yeah. I mean, he, he put up 42 points uh, in 51 games uh, in uh, New York before being traded. And that's a 68 point pace.
1: Yeah. I, he had a ton of opportunity there, I think too, but, but he'll have good amount of opportunity with the abs if that's where he ends up as well. And what's your line makes, with him? Well, I mean, he makes sense for the abs, right? Because he, there were, there was talk about him during the deadline and like we saw with Cole, the Avs aren't afraid to circle back for those type of guys, but he really is a pretty easy fit. Um, all he has to do is drop into Soderbergh's spot, set him up there, get him going, and you're you're set, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, if he can be a 50-point guy that can drive the line, great. If he needs help, like a ranton and Orlando cog the Avs can provide that. So I I don't think it would be hard at all to fit him in the lineup, and I, I'd be very comfortable, especially if you want a center, he's the one to go for. You mentioned Carl Soderberg, I did,
2: and this is where I think the Kevin Hayes conversation gets very interesting for me. Soderberg, would you do? You, do you feel it's fair to say the Soderberg contract has been worth it?
1: Yeah, I think so. I uh, he's. Made his money, obviously, besides the terrible year where nobody did. Right. Um, But otherwise. Yeah, I'd I'd say he's absolutely earned his value. But, you know, as good as he's been, he's still 35 next year, I think. And that's the end of his contract. Right.
2: And that's kind of what I'm getting to. If Colorado drafts a center at fourth overall, Kevin Hayes is your 2C until that guy shows up. And then Kevin Hayes can slot down and become your three C and then you're ideally, you know, obviously that's of course, if the kid turns out okay and takes the job and you know, all of that goes really well. Um.
1: Yeah. It, it makes sense, right? It. Yeah. It, I mean, that's so easy that's to what slot I in. see. Yeah. Is
2: that he, Kevin Hayes can be your two C next season and solve that problem for the year that you need him to solve that problem depending on if they take a forward at four and who it might be, maybe they take a wing, maybe they take a center, but if they take a center, you could still say that guy's two years out. And then with a rookie year involved uh, where he does, he probably doesn't overtake Kevin Hayes. If you sign Kevin Hayes to a five-year deal, those first three years, he's still your two C. Yep. And that's assuming he doesn't get taken by Seattle that he's not, you know, that you do keep him. Um, The other thing that I, that I see a lot is too expensive. And let's, nah, not. let's say $7 million is the number to get him. That's okay? fine. Yeah. It's going to be, it's a little much.
1: It is. I think six would be perfect. Six, but 5. it's UFA, and, but right. You, you have throw on UFA tax
2: and using the Soderberg again, using the Soderberg, uh, contract as, as sort of a similar comparable because, you know, obviously, Soderbergh at four seven five is an amazing price right now. Like you're yep. totally fine with the fact that he's making Nick Benino money and doubling Nick Benino's production. <laughs> yeah. So you like that. But that's kind of my point. Do you remember the day it got signed? There was a lot of, ooh, this is too expensive.
1: Yeah, I I, I remember looking at it and going, I think the first three years will be fine, but those last two are scary. And it's funny that it hasn't quite worked out that way. It, it really has not been like that at all, has it? it? Yeah.
2: No, his two highest producing seasons have been on this contract. Yep. Um, you know, obviously he had the 14-point year and then that 37-point season last year where he played next to Matt Nieto and and those guys all year long in kind of a tweener year. But and then
1: he dropped 53 on us.
2: Right. right. Um, point, point being is that Soderbergh, and this is a big thing that I want to bring up is that the Hayes deal would kind of be like them doing Carl Soderberg
1: all over again. Yeah, I, I agree. I think there'd be less concerns about the length because he's a little younger. Uh, but like you said, in the end, if you get that two C type guy out of the draft or whatever, you're maybe overpaying a little bit for a three C, but it's not like it's, it's not, not enough to overpay to be concerned about. Right? If
2: Hayes continues to be a 40 point guy as your as your 3C, this is the other the other thing that I want to uh, bring up is the cap hit percentage. Right. Because what is a 4.75 million dollar contract in 2015-16 compared to a 7 million dollar contract in 2019? What is right. that, what does that, does that look gone like?
1: Up like 12 million in that time or something.
2: And uh, if if you go and you look at cap hit percentage, the $7 million deal, or let's assume $7 million again is that number for Hayes, it is a higher cap hit percentage than Soderbergh's. Soderberg's. Soderbergh's at the time it was signed was 6.51% of the cap. At $7 million, uh, assuming an $83 million cap, uh, his would be 8.43%. 8.
1: Okay, so that's not an insignificant increase for sure.
2: Sure, but it's also not a major, major number. It isn't. that, And you think that's 8.4% today before another expansion team comes in, and we saw what Vegas expansion did to the salary cap. If that happens again, again, by year three, the percentage of the cap is going to be so small. It's going to be – it's like $7 million. We look at $7 million today and say, well, oh, that's a lot of money <laughs> in the NHL because the next wave of guys that, that haven't reset the market hasn't hit yet. Right. And that's so that- what that's what this summer will do. Exactly. Because of all those RFA guys, we're going to start to see all these guys are going to start making $10, $11 million. Right now, that's kind of, the double digits is still kind of like the holy grail for these guys.
1: But it's coming,
2: and it's gonna be—it's gonna be a bunch of them: Marner, Rantanen, Line, Ajo, Kachuk. I mean, we're talking a lot of guys here that are going to make significant money. Yep. That is going to completely reset not only the RFA market, but also have an impact on the UFA market. Yep. And if if you can get Kevin Hayes, and I think that's where I think the Hayes conversation is interesting, because for me, Kevin Hayes as your 2C for the next year or two, maybe three years, uh, at $7 million, as long as he continues to be a 45-point guy, I don't care. That's totally fine with yeah. me. It's a little on the heavy side, no doubt about it. But that also will help you if you get a $7 million uh, deal there. That also keeps the Landeskog thing from getting out of control too.
1: Yeah, I, I agree. And and like you said, if you get that 2C out of the draft that say he doesn't enter the league until Hayes's third year of his deal. Mm-hmm. That's an ELC contract that eventually moves up into your second C spot that can save you a good amount of money until well, that final year of Hayes's deal.
2: Exactly. And say, if it's a six, say it's a six year deal for Hayes. Right. So by, by the time that you, that whoever this fourth overall pick is, say he takes two years to get there and then he's on a three year ELC Hayes will be will be in kind of the same position that Colorado is today, where uh, you know Hayes could come in with Soderberg having one year left on his deal. That fourth that fourth overall pick's second contract, where you hope that it's an, an expensive one, right? <laughs> you you know that's coupled with you know there there will be one year of crossover. Yeah. So when you're talking about planning for the future and all these different things, uh, that I think is is not irrelevant. It's also uh, that that also coincides with uh, McKinnon uh, race yep. as well, and so that's you know that's if you're if you're planning and you're saying okay, we want to give Hayes a five year deal or a six year deal. I think the five year deal is where you go if you can.
1: It just that's, makes sense, right? At
2: seven million dollars, and for Hayes, even at seven million, you know, if you can get that, that gives him a that gives him another shot at, at real money in his early thirties.
1: He'd be 32. Right. And go get paid, whether it's here or wherever, depending on how he plays.
2: It wouldn't be a long, probably wouldn't be a long-term deal, but he could go out and he could get, you know, a, a two or three year deal uh, right in the neighborhood of that kind of money. And, you know, do kind of the, the late life, you know, Eric Lederate stall
1: type, type. Yeah.
2: You know where he goes, he goes shorter term, but he's still making legitimate money. Yep. So for me, I think, I think that's interesting. I'll ask you the same question I did with Panarin. Uh, Where's the, where's the financial line in the sand for you? Where if it all gets, if it all, you know, there's a bidding war, there's six teams involved, you know, and all these teams are going crazy on each other. What's your line?
1: Boy, I I said I'd be really comfortable at six and a half. I half. I'd do seven.
2: Mm -hmm.
1: I'd probably do seven and a half, but it'd be really hard to do more than that.
2: I, so for me, I would do seven and a half, but no more than five years. Yeah. Uh, I would do my, I think, I think my ideal would probably be six and a half at five years.
1: Yeah, I agree. Six and a half at five. I would, say done
2: that's i think that's the sweet spot because i don't think six can happen after the brock nelson deal yeah no way um he's he's just been more productive yep so i think i think six probably uh that 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 ship sailed but i could see him taking six if somebody wanted to give him a seventh year
1: and i would not do that yeah. I mean, give him the more I mean, money and cut down we have on the some years. money to, to cut the years down right now. It's, right. it's worth it.
2: And so that's kind of the balance, the push and pull there. I think that's it, man. I think, I think that's the Kevin Hayes conversation.
1: Yeah. I'm, I'm content with that.
2: I think it's, I think it's, it's we're both okay with it. You know, I, yeah. I certainly wouldn't say i love it. I don't think it's a slam dunk. It's not, you know, it's, it's not, Oh, this is a perfect fit. You know, it's It's realistic and it's, and it's how you get better. Yep. And it's not a guy that's not going to be able to help you down the road. It's not like, Oh, he loses his two C job and all of a sudden he can't play anymore. Yeah, for sure. You know, this is not a top six or bust kind of guy. This is a guy that can help you in a lot of different ways. And I mean, he does bring that element of size down the middle. He does bring uh, a little physicality down the middle uh, that they just currently don't really have. And I mean, next year alone, if you if you roll out a uh, uh, a center lineup of uh, of McKinnon and Hayes and Soderberg and Jost and Kamenev, and you and you know, those are like the five guys that you have at that center spot. For most of the year, man, I mean, you're in a really good position.
1: Team 12 centers over here.
2: And if you wanted to move Hayes to the left wing to make Jost your 2C, uh, I'm fine with that too.
1: Sure. I I don't get their obsession with having Jost at C. I think he'd be fine at wing, but
2: yeah. I just think he looked so good at the end yeah. of the
1: year at, at center. And when I
2: talked to him, I said, how much more comfortable are you? And he, he prefers Way it more. a great yeah. deal. Uh, he thinks that playing at down the middle of the ice forces him to do certain things uh, to play a certain way, because he said that he, you know, he'll he'll get a little complacent in certain areas of the game when he's on the wing and he doesn't push quite as hard. And I think that's I think that's meaningful.
1: Yeah, for sure. It, you know, if Jost is comfortable there, then and it's working, then I got no complaints.
2: Yeah, I'm. Uh... I'm really dude this is gonna be such a fun summer man I'm really yeah. excited to see just how this goes it, it's almost finally here and it's like
1: come on
2: right like we're now one two three weeks away uh three weeks away from the draft holy smokes and then yep, it's coming quick <laughs> well and then a week after the draft the tampering period opens up and free agency uh gets going like 10 days after the draft Yep. And th- those 10 days could determine whether or not Colorado wins a cup in the next three years.
1: Absolutely could.
2: So we can't, I can't really overstate the importance of this summer. You know, we've been in the wait and see mode summers for the last several years, and that's not this year.
1: It's it's absolutely the biggest summer of Joe Sackick's GM career. For the first time since maybe we went out and got a Ginla, the Abs are a destination that high-level guys are actually going to be interested in. Absolutely, it's time to get the job done. Yeah,
2: he's got to close. I mean, the whole one of the one of the big selling points of Joe Sackick as your GM is that he's freaking Joe Sackick. Yeah, and when that dude calls up and is like, "Oh, hey, well, I'm one of the ten greatest players of all time. How about you come play for me and we go win a Stanley Cup together?" <laughs> like that alone players should be like yeah okay yes sir Joe I'll be right there sir how much how much would you like me to sign for <laughs> you know like that's he's got a close he's was got
1: a impression
2: not really okay <laughs> no that that was just I you know it, Typical it needed, suit impression <laughs> it needed to be different from my own voice but it was not my Joe impression no I AD was the one with the killer sakic impression I'll never be able to top that thing <laughs> So, uh, no, I that's that's like one of the things about having Joe Sackick as your guy running the organization is that he should be able to make that phone call and be like, "No, oh, let's do this. And yeah. that could be like, yes, sir, Mr. Sackick. Whatever you say. So, okay, let's go ahead and take our second break here. Uh, that one ran a little bit long, but that's okay because that's the conversation we needed to have. Uh, this next segment, we'll get into the defense. Uh, so you can imagine it will be a shorter segment. Yep. But not interested in shorting our listeners, I've got to remind you guys about some game-changing coffee. I'm running out of place to transition into this, man. <laughs> Strava is the CBD-enriched coffee that has really changed lives. They have incredible reviews that you have got to check out. The CBD-infused coffee has taken away long-term migraines, back pain, arthritis, IBS. It's helped decrease anxiety, you name it. CBD is all-natural and not psychoactive. The coffee is rich and tasty. We couldn't recommend it more to our listeners. Check it out for yourself today and receive 20% off when you use promo code BSN2019 at checkout and get it shipped straight to your door. It does it for the segment number two here, the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. We'll be back on the other side to talk about defense. Welcome back in third and final segment here, the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. I'm AJ Hapely. He's Nathan Rudolph. Uh, Rudo. Do the Avs need to dabble into the defensive free agent market this year? Honestly, probably
1: not. Yeah, right. Done. Book it. They. (laughs) I mean, obviously, you have to keep tabs on it uh, for two reasons. One, if you have a real shot at Eric Carlson, you can't just say no to that. And (laughs) two, if moving Barry is the way they go, could they look to pick up another D that way? definitely a possibility
2: yeah who from columbus is a free agent this year <laughs> take your pick right <laughs>
1: oh adam McQuaid! there it is right oh, there boy. Yikes lock town. it down yikes town
2: yeah i mean at that point just bring back patrick nemeth. right right <laughs> um speaking of patrick nemeth should they just let him go
1: just I I think buy. so. It's it's time that they, they spent most of last off season to overpay him to make sure he was on a one year deal so they could be yeah. done with him after this year. It's just let it play out.
2: Yeah, and you know with Melosh and Timmons uh, potentially another D coming in in the draft right. or two. You know how
1: however it goes. If you can't do better than him in free agency, then don't bother.
2: <laughs> yeah. I think yeah, definitely. Are there any other guys on this list? I mean, Eric, okay, So Eric Carlson. You say uh, if you uh, have yeah. a shot at him, you have to go for it. He hasn't been healthy. You know, was coming off a, a three goal season, but he still had forty five points in fifty three games.
1: Yeah, I, he's still a stud. I do. The injuries are definitely a concern, especially because if you're getting him, you're gonna be long term. And I worry about the back half of that contract for sure, but it's still Eric freaking Carlson. And, you know, you're going to get at least three, four years out of him where he's just a monster for you. So if if you're trying to win the cup in the next
2: three years, boy, is that a guy that ever helps you do it? Yeah. And then, and then does that, does, does doing that, you, you go out on July 1st and you do that. And, and then obviously the entire league is like, Okay, so you have to trade Tyson Barry now. <laughs> yeah. Uh does that I mean you have to at that point, right? I like you have don't to see how you possibly could keep him on that roster. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it might be fun just to go out and be like, hey, let's have a top four of uh Gerard Carlson and McCar and Barry. That would be some kind of hockey. <laughs> and it would be and it would be like, all right, we're we're gonna push this whole like modern era defense thing to the
1: absolute limit. A lot of goals are getting scored, maybe in both nets, but a lot of, them. <laughs>
2: honestly, it would be a good time. It would, it, it would be, you know, as, as, as you know, Nashville has done an amazing job because they've built up a defense largely of two way guys that yep. are high end at both at, at, on both ends. And, for Colorado to do that, just be like, "Oh, we're just gonna go with a bunch of offensive defensemen." Although <laughs> calling Sam Gerard an offensive defenseman just makes me uncomfortable.
1: Yeah, I I agree with that. But he's, I mean, McCarr might get two way as well. But Barry and unfortunately with Carlson's injuries, he's definitely lost some on the defensive yeah. end as well. What? Since I've asked you about the other guy, what's your line
2: there? Like what? Where? How? How far would you go for Ek sixty
1: five? Not as far as I'd go for Panarin. Yeah, um, I realistically you got to be looking at like eleven or eleven five, right? I think that's fair, but the years would be real tough, for right? Me. I yeah, because he's gonna want seven, and I don't want to give him seven. <laughs> I'm not giving him.
2: I'm sure. Look, like uh, two years ago, I'm giving Eric Carlson whatever the hell he wants. Sure, but now, yeah, with the injuries, he's got 12 goals in the last two years. And you know he's still scored over a hundred points in that time because he's still frigging Eric Carlson. <laughs> but that alarms me a little bit. He's always been a guy that could give you, you know, thirteen plus
1: goals every year of his career. Yep, it's fallen off there, and and I I do wonder this year if not only the injuries but you know he also is playing with Brent Burns. Yeah, that may take away from his shooting a bit because Burns shoots the puck more than basically anyone. But it's still definitely his goal scoring has been trending in the wrong direction.
2: (laughs) Yeah, and that's a concern like the points have still been there. Uh, He's still, you know, there are very, very few guys I would rather have running my power play than this cat. Yep. Uh, Injuries, whatever. Like I would take him over just about anybody. But you do worry about the age. You do worry. You know he is twenty nine years
1: old, and at times, boy, does he look it. Yeah, I mean, if he wants to sign a five year deal for like twelve to thirteen million, I have a hard time saying no to that. Yeah, I
2: could San Jose get away with that maybe depends that on would, who they bring back yeah I mean talk about a deep
1: cut yeah a team with no wiggle room being like alright well guess we'll put 20% of our cap into this guy yeah they
2: have 24 million in cap space so yeah that's half their available space Jeez. that would be a real problem for them yeah yeah, well they only have uh seven forwards signed and Yeah, Boy, so that's probably not happening. <laughs> Boy, it would seem hard to hard to imagine, right? Yeah. That's messed up. Uh okay. Eric Carlson, cool.
1: Tyler Myers. Eh? Yeah, I mean he's, he's- big. <laughs> He's he, definitely big. He can give you 30 points if you give him the opportunity to. Like if if you are moving Barry, I think there would be some interest there for sure. Uh he's not gonna be cheap, though. <laughs> yeah, he is the guy. Yeah. None of these guys are gonna be cheap. And that's kind of the problem.
2: Yeah. The conversation I think is the most interesting is Jay Gardner. Yeah, he, he's one that might
1: actually be somewhat affordable, right? Because you could say $6 billion for him. Right. And that's, you know, if you're moving Barry, you're moving him because you're not going to pay him 8 or whatever it is. On his right. next deal, so if you every penny you can shave off of that for a quality player is is what you're looking for. The thing with Gardner is you got to know what you're getting with him. It's <sighs> he's he's not going to come in and and fortify your back end by any means.
2: No, he is definitely uh, an adventure at yeah. times. Uh, I think he's a better defender than Barry, but he's not as explosive
1: that's, offensively. That's better defender than Barry isn't exactly a high bar. Is I'm it? just saying. I I don't disagree with you. I I think you're you're right on the head there. Better defense, not as high upside offensively, but I wouldn't put his defense as good. Uh, it's it's got moments. Yeah, I think
2: I've always felt defensively he was better than his reputation, but not as good as some of the analytics guys will tell you who are like, he's an excellent defender. Look at
1: all of his zone breakups. And you're like, "Ah." I mean, I think he's fine passable, but like you said, he in a big moments, he tends to do an oops.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. There, I mean, there's a, there's a history of that. Yep. So,
1: you know, absolutely is. And that's, it just makes it so tough because the abs defense as it is right now is, is fairly set unless Barry moves. So, well,
2: and then that's a huge hole to fill.
1: Right. And you can't just
2: be like, oh, well, Kale McCarr got this. That will probably take a year or two for Kale McCarr to ascend to that kind of offense. If it ever happens. I mean, maybe it doesn't, but I, I think it will. But if it, if it doesn't, you know. You do want you do want to be prepared. This is the best defense they've built in a long time. Uh you throw Makar into there and boy, you're feeling really good about it, and then you take Tyson Barry out of it, and you're like, well, you know, now we've now you've got to find a replacement for that guy.
1: You do, and it's it's a fine line because you're looking for something that can do what Barry can do, but for cheaper. And that's hard to do in free agency. <laughs> especially when you're like, you could not take it down a notch. And if you're looking for someone at a lower caliber and you just accept that it's just not going to be what Barry was, that's one thing. But I I think we both agreed that you're looking for something better than Patrick Nemeth at minimum in free agency.
2: I, I, I like the Jake Gardner conversation just because I think he's like that middle road, right? He's he about his identity. You, you know, he's the skater. He's, he's going to give you offense there are going to be defensive problems, but and he's also left-handed, so you can kind of clear out some of that glut that you've built on the right. Yep. Um, where it's like you know, if Connor Timmons does, uh, if he is healthy or whatever, then you know he can move up into that spot.
1: Yeah, I mean that. Uh, you know, I'd I'd almost be fine with with going into it that way, it, even if it's Ryan Graves as the six D and you have a Malosh and Timmons coming into next season and say, look, this is a spot that's up for grabs, and we want one of you to step up.
2: Yeah. <laughs> uh, it would, boy, it would really make... Um, God, that'd be a fun defense. It would. I, you know, I want to see this defense play in the regular season. Uh, selfishly. I want to see what these guys can do.
1: Of course. I mean... Barry is fun player to watch, especially when he's going offensively and yeah. And, and you know, they can be good, but I, I always all of last year. And I'm still at this point where I come back to the fact that I just think ultimately long-term he's got to go for the best of the team.
2: Yeah, it really starts to feel that way. Uh, But I go back and forth on this all the time. Uh, Like, The business side of me says, I know that that's true. Uh, And then the hockey side of me is like, yeah, but they've spent all this time building this defense. Just can we just watch a good team play and not be so obsessed with contracts all the time that we just get to watch for one year? and, And then obviously if Barry walks, then damn it, that sucks. And that's, that's the fear is that you just lose this really great asset for are, nothing. Are you prepared because,
1: to relive Stasny walking with Barry if you uh, do that? That's the question. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> All
2: right. Any other thoughts on this uh, free agent class uh, for the defenseman?
1: I'm not really. Like I said, it. Unless you're going for Carlson or maybe in the right situation a Gardner, I I don't think the A's should have much activity on that end.
2: Oh yeah, not uh, not feeling the Nicholas Cronwall, Braden Coburn, Jordy Ben, Anton Strawman feel here.
1: Uh, anyone over thirty is a pass, I think. And Cronwall's so old; if he tries to lay down a hit, he might break himself. So, uh, promise. we can only hope
2: (laughs) All right, I think that's going to wrap it up for us today Um, thanks again for hopping on to the show talking a little bit of uh, UFA with me it's going to be an interesting class this year they've got a lot of money to do a lot of different things this won't be the last time we talk about it I can guarantee you that so uh, let's go ahead and do that let's break for the day I guess for the week, that's it. That's done. That's five shows. Boom. It's Friday. I keep forgetting it's Friday because I don't know my days of the week. I, that's <laughs> why I have a girlfriend for her to remind me of these things. So it's what she does every morning. She sends me a message and tells me what day of the week it is. It's very, very helpful.
1: I should get my wife to do that. <sighs> it,
2: well, I can't keep them straight. And she was like, I'm just going to try and help you out. <laughs> And So far, it's going great. I greatly appreciate it. Shout out her for understanding that I'm a moron. Uh, okay, let's call it a day. This is getting off track. So uh, that's it for the BSN Avalanche podcast presented by Total Beverage. Thank you guys so much for listening. We will see you next week.
1: The biggest benefits of CBD are our cognitive, our neuroprotection, neuroregeneration, anti-inflammatory. And then a lot of the most common situations that that people are taking it are for pain.
0: That is Arthur Jaffe, a former CU Buffs football player and founder of Elixinol, a Colorado-based company focused on providing the highest quality of CBD oil and hemp extracts in the world. Like Arthur mentioned earlier, CBD has significant medical benefits and isn't limited to just athletes. Everyone can take it from adults and children to even your dog.
1: I wished I would have learned about it or that it would have been more prominent at a younger age to potentially have have given my father a, a significant opportunity to fight prostate cancer, which ultimately took his life when I was 13. You know, I really think that it would have helped
0: him. Arthur and the folks over at Elixinol's mission is to educate, inspire, and empower others to live naturally healthy, happy lives. To learn more and join the CBD conversation, check out elixinol.com.